Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're going to be looking at what keeps you going, especially in our current circumstance. And so then, uh, man, where are you at? Is it, uh, are you at a place right now because we're all sleeping a little bit later and staying up a little bit later that um, you find yourself in this kind of a lull where you're just like, man, I'm not sure right now what keeps me going. I'm not sure what drives me um, anymore. And so is there a time, was there a time where you woke up and you thought, man, this is what, I, this is what I'm put on earth for. Like I am made for this. Like God created me for this right here. If you've thought that, man, I want to revisit that today. And if not, I want to help you take a step to get there. And so uh, today we're going to be starting the conversation about, um, about what drives us or what keeps us going. And uh, what we need to know is this is probably going to carry us, just assume that this is going to carry us for the next two or three weeks. I know what assume does. I've been told all my life what assume does. And so I know just as well as you do. And so um, I just want to encourage you to engage and lock in. I believe what God wants to share over the next uh, couple messages is going to be really special. It's going to be pertinent and it's going to mean a lot in your life. And so um, get on the edge of your seat, grab your notebooks and your Bibles, and let's get ready to engage. While you're doing that, let's take just a second and pray. Father, I thank you for this morning, for the uh, opportunity that we have, Lord, to gather uh, all around this country in rooms and houses and uh, basements, Lord. And I just uh, I just give you this time. I thank you for using me and for um, helping me to speak clearly. This is a message that you've put on my heart that you've actually helped me live out. You've brought revelation to my life through this. And so I just ask that you would help me to uh, bring your word across in a clear and effective way where other people would experience the same. The people on the other side of these screens, regardless of where they are, or what their circumstances are, that you would meet them today. And so open their eyes, their ears, and their hearts to hear, Lord. Help them to take this message, to store in their hearts so they can use it every day, so they can become better followers of Jesus. We love you for it. We thank you for a great day today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we referenced Ephesians chapter 4. And what you see in Ephesians chapter 4 is the unity of the church, but also the diversity of the church. One body, many parts. We all have a part to play. And so what is that? Verse 4 and 5 talk about the unity of the church, right? They talk about how uh, we are to be one. And the, the issue with this is, or the concern is, um, if, if we're ever going to fulfill the mission of being the church, then unity is a must. It's why John, uh, and that's why Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would become one. This is one prayer that God must answer. And so then it's on us to walk that way, right? To be headed that direction. So, But before we can unite as the body, we have to um, find our place in it, right? One, one body, many parts. And so in verse 11, talks about a few of the gifts that we have as believers. Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Paul says um, that he gave, uh, that he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And so the question is, is this you today? Did I just name your title or your vocation? And if I did, would you say, man, that's not even, you're not, you're not even close to the ballpark where I live. And I just want to challenge you on that to say, uh, whether you believe it or not, if you have more than one person uh, following you, or if you're overseeing more than one person, if you are the boss of one person, if, um, if you have kids, if you have, if you have at least one person look up to you, you are a teacher, you're a pastor. As parents, we are the pastors of our houses, especially now 
man, we're not, we can't go to daycare. We're not sending our kids to school. Like everybody's here. So we are in 24 seven mode of pastoring our houses. Right. And that's why the kids content, the family content that we put out is so important. And so I hope you'll engage with that this week. This week, we're actually uh, looking at God's kindness and um, it's David and second Samuel And the action step this week is to, for each person in your house, to identify one person that they would like to show kindness to. Then we're going to hand make some cards for those people. And then um, at the end of your conversation, it's about a 15-minute conversation, you're going to name that person in prayer. And then this week, you're going to deliver that card. And so, man, I hope you'll take time to do that. It's really, it's really, really huge. I think it's going to speak volumes for your kids uh, just to actually start doing and walking out what kindness looks like. And so don't miss that this week. In... um, in this verse, uh, what you need to see is we all hold the title or the uh, position of pastor or teacher, especially if we're leaders. In verse 12, it says, He gave us these gifts for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And so then, well, what's that in plain English, Dusty? Here it is. So he gave these to us to lead people, which is what? To encourage, equip, and empower people to empower you, to equip you, to encourage you. Ministry, scripture, um, kindness, kindness should be and is um, a gift from God, right? He gave these to you uh, for the training of the saints in the works of ministry. And so then love, love covers all. That's really the root of ministry, right? And so sometimes you hear the M word and you think, oh crap, it's not me. He's not talking to me. And I just want to challenge you a little bit to say, man, uh, when you show an act of kindness, that's ministry. And when you're doing it as a leader, uh, you're fulfilling the gifting that God has put on you. Whether you feel that or not, whether you're introverted or extroverted, you got it. Okay. And so the last part is to build the body of Christ. What's that mean? To build the church, which means to be the church, which means us. Okay. Verse 13 says that we are to do this until we each, (laughs) sorry, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, until we are mature and full of Christ. So what are we doing? We are going to encourage, equip, and empower people to build the church, okay? Until we reach unity, until we become one body, in faith the knowledge of God's Son, until we are mature and full of Christ, full of Jesus. Man, we all believe. Unity, again. Unity in what? The faith. The faith of what? God sent His Son, so we can be uh, freed, so we can... Um, all the things we talked about, forgiven, freed, and uh, restored. We, our relationship is now restored with God, right? So we all believe that. We're moving forward. And so then knowing that this is the end goal, that the, the goal is unity and faith and to be mature, full of Christ, um, let's look at where we are today. All of us in different places, uh, around our community here in Gross Point, around um, Detroit, around our country, and there are many of you uh, around the world who are in just a different type of circumstance or uh, live in a different set of rules, especially with us. We're looking at um, our quarantine being extended through the end of May right now. And so all that said, where are you today and and where do you fit inside of these, where, these steps, right? So then do you believe you're gifted? Do you believe that you're called? Um, do you believe that you're a teacher or pastor and then do you, uh, where are you at in your maturity in, in the unity and the oneness of the, the church and your maturity and your relationship with God? Where are you? There's a large majority of, majority of us that are looking at what is going to keep us going. Okay. What is, what is keeping us going? Have we, uh, like created some false, like fake thing right there that kind of fills that box says, well, I'm, you know, this is, 
I hate this job, but man, it pays the bills, you know? Well, it's been a struggle the last few years, but we're really getting along because, you know, you know, we got the car paid off and we're getting everything paid down. But the reality is as soon as you get one thing paid down, you, we go and buy another one, right? And so then um, if you're not in that boat, you're trying to figure out what's keeping you going, man, why am I doing this? You wake up in the morning and you go, why am I doing this? I do not like this. I cannot stand X, right? Why am I doing this? And so there's a national statistic that's done by the Barner Group that says 87% of people who are walking the face of the earth have no clue why they're here. They have no clue why they're here. One, that's a lot of people, right? Two, I don't really want to talk about that group of people because it's kind of a downer, right? I don't want to, I don't want to focus on that stat so much because um, I feel like we could trend negatively really quickly. And so what I do want to focus on is the 13% that do or that think that they have it figured out. And so let's look at them. You'll see that it's a lot more positive, okay? These are the people who would say, I know exactly why I'm here. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I feel great about it. I have some passion and some drive and some desire. And so seeing that a lot more positive. Now, in saying this, you could be part of the 13%. And so if you are, you're like, yeah, he's talking about me. Don't tune out. I need you to lean in because you're an example. You're an example of the person that we're all looking to to say, what the heck? Why is that guy rolling like he is? How does he have everything together? How does she present herself so well? She's always got a smile on her face. She's always excited. She's always happy. She's always loving. Like she's all like, what is it? Right. And everybody wants to know what it is. And that what is typically answered by a title or a position or a salary or some type of status or a company something. Right. And so then. When you're living in your gifting, it keeps you going. When you take ownership of what's been given to you, it fuels your fire, right? When you're living out what you believe, when you're living out your purpose, it's refreshing. Proverbs 11.25 says, whoever refreshes others is also himself or herself refreshed, is also refreshed. He who refreshes others, whoever refreshes others is also refreshed, will also be refreshed. When you're walking in what keeps you going, it's refreshing. It is like a cool breeze coming in. By the way, thank God for springtime here in Michigan. Okay. And so then let's look at some of the people who might be refreshing right now. Let's look at some of the people who might be in their gifting right now. Who do you immediately think of right now in our current circumstance, right? Who are we loving on and celebrating and just, man, bending over backwards to make sure we help? The essential workers from uh, auto mechanics to uh, clerks at the different types of stores, and then, and, and then going a little bit deeper, even into our frontline workers at our hospitals and our medical staff teams, right? And so as we look at this, does this mean that every essential worker wakes up in the morning, fired up, ready to go? No, no, it doesn't. It's not even close. Does this mean every nurse or every doctor, because they hold the title of doctor and they drive the nice car, does this mean that they are living in what makes them go or in their purpose or, or kind of what keeps them going? And the answer is no. No, it's a small, small, small percentage. It's a small percentage. But the ones who are, those 13%, they wake up every morning and they believe, I was made for this. I'm ready. I cannot wait to get there today because of who. There's a sense of purpose there's a sense of passion for what they do. They have a drive and a determination. There's this willingness 
to go just a little bit farther, to go the extra mile. And they do that because they're right where they feel they're supposed to be. They're in their gifting. They might have thought it since they were two years old. They might have just picked up on it and, and stepped right into it and didn't even know it until they got there. But they're in it and they believe it, right? It's a small percentage that believe, but the percentage that is in that way is walking in or living in what keeps them going. We would call that purpose, right? And so then, do they all have a relationship with God? Do the 13% who are walking in what keeps them going, walking their purpose, do they have a relationship with God? Probably not. Probably not. Some of them do, I'm sure. But all of them, probably not. I doubt it. But the one thing they do have is relationships. They have relationships, which means they're a little bit closer than those of us who aren't in it, right? Who aren't walking in the passion, right? Drive. And so knowing and living in that keeps you in, in, in what keeps you going has nothing to do um, with your title, right? It has nothing to do with your position. And so there are some people who are at home, they've been sent home because of the quarantine who are um, experiencing what they would call hell on earth right now because they cannot go and do what they feel like they're called to do. They cannot go and, and be who or what they feel like they're supposed to be. And so then walking in your purpose or your passion or um, what you're called to do, essentially what keeps you going, has nothing to do with a title. It has nothing to do with a status, with a company car, with a salary. It has nothing to do with any of that, but it has everything to do with the people around you because there are eyes looking to you for leadership. And uh, it's, it's been said this before, people don't leave places, they leave people. You, if you're part of the 13, you love who you're around. You absolutely love going to work with who you have every, every day. If you have a great marriage, you have a great marriage because you absolutely love coming home to who you come home to every day. If you have great kids, again, success breeds success. Fruit, the fruit is, is all positive, right? So I posted this picture today. Um, Oscar made this thing for, he for Heather and it said, you're the, you're the best mom ever. When he first met, I was like, that's awesome. And then she said it on our dish trainer. And as, as I walk by every day, I'm like, that's pretty cool. And it hit me this morning. That's nine years. That's nine years of me praising Heather in front of my kids. That's nine years of me saying, man, isn't your mom great? Isn't your mom the best? That's nine years of me doing that to where Oscar finally believed it enough to go. They say it all the time. But man, when they put pen to paper and make it action, and say, hey, mom, you're the best. Whew, that's strong. That's super strong, right? Let me get back on topic. And so then, um, the 13% who wake up every morning anticipating their day, their lives aren't any rosier than any of us who aren't walking in it, right? Um, believing this is why I'm here and understanding it's the people that make it worth it is what makes it special, right? From their families to their coworkers, they wake up in anticipation of their day. They go to bed the night before anticipating. They're eager. They're anxious to get up and go to and attack whatever that is in front of them tomorrow. They, they're anticipating it because of people, of people, right? Now, there are a lot of people who find success or um, fulfillment in getting it done. I got this done today. Look at me. I'm not saying that's good or bad, right or wrong, selfish. I'm not saying any of that. It's not connected to people. And at the end of the day, that's going to be empty. That what is going to be empty because there's not a who tied to it. 
And the what, especially if we are very, very driven, that what drives us from the people who are the closest to us. And so we push hard, push hard, push hard to say, look what I did. And the whole time we're saying, look what I did. The people that we're knocking over behind us to get there um, are suffering. And so could be a blind spot. That was a blind spot for me. I did that for years. Okay. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't good, but I am thankful that I actually got to see the other side of the coin. Now, some people are told their whole life. Here's the other side of it. Some people who um, have the great job and the great status and the great salary and the great uh, location and they live at X and, and yeah, whatever. Okay. Some of those people are told their whole life, this is what you're going to be. Okay. You're going to be an engineer because your grandpa was an engineer and I'm an engineer and by God, you're going to be an engineer. You're going to be this, that, or the other. They're told that their whole life. Okay. And so then they become that. Do they find purpose? I'm sure they do. I'm sure that they do. Okay. Some people, their career path is already set for them before they even have a chance. Right. Again, as we talked earlier, you can, you can push for um, the things of the world, right? The things that, that society or that culture tell you are great, that tell you are, this is success. If you get this, this, and this, this is success. And you know by now that that's empty, that that, whatever that X is, whatever the top of your mountain is, that once you get to the top of that mountain, you're going to realize there's another mountain even taller over there. You just can't see it because you're on this mountain right now, right? And so then you really have to have some balance, and uh, some pace in how you're climbing that mountain to figure out, man, is this really, is this really where I'm supposed to be? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Uh, how's my family? How am I right now? Right? And so the great philosopher, um, Notorious B.I.G. said, more money, more problems. The more we make, the more we bring in, the more we spend. And so um, it ain't always rosy on the side of dollars, right? And so uh, as we talk about Ephesians chapter, or Ephesians 4, verse 12, it says they use their gift. It's uh, Ephesians 4.12. Sorry. How, how do you essentially get to uh, what the 13% have? Okay, so you have 87 who have no clue why they're here. And the 13 that say, I got a deadlock on it. What's the difference? The difference is Ephesians 4.11. They understand and believe they're gifting and they're walking in it. They understand and believe they're gifting and they're walking in it. They have Ephesians 4.12. They use their gift to make those around them better, which creates unity. Creates unity in the company, in the hospital, at the school, in the church, with teachers. We're all teachers. We're all pastors. That's what they have. It is using my gift to make those around me better. That creates unity. Now, the, the point of the first half of this message is this. Walking in your gift is what keeps you going, but really walking in your gift is really walking in your purpose. Walking in your purpose is really walking in love. Now, why don't we just say this walking in love from the beginning or walking in purpose? Because those two words tend to turn people off. No, don't tell me what I need. Okay. And love, you can have your own love. Okay. I've got enough love for myself. And so then walking in love is what pulls people together. If you pay attention to Facebook lately, Facebook has a new emoji now. They have the, the smiley face guy, but he's hugging a big heart, right? It's, it's alone together. And so then walking in love is what pulls people together because love in action creates unity, which is amazing. Love in action creates unity. It's amazing. It gets us by because of our circles. It's the people we're connected with, okay? But God didn't call for unity in the circles. He called for unity in all. 
He called for us to be one. So just imagine with me for one minute that instead of having the circles that you have at work or in your house, but you were connected to everybody and we all kind of opened up one side of our circle and the people that we're with and the people that we love because, man, I love doing this and this is what I'm called to do and this is what I, and, and I believe it. It's good. But what if you open that circle up and you included everybody else in? What would your circle look like, one? And then two, uh, how do we get there? And the how is this? Imagine that circle's open up. We're all around each other. And that love is now centered around Jesus. And the love that you sense is um, full of grace. And it's full of compassion. And that same love and that grace are what build the body. That's what builds the church. And that's what we're missing when we walk and we live in pure happiness because all the ducks line up in a row for me every day because I've got X, Y, and Z. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying if, if and when we get Jesus to the center of that, that's when unity happens. That's when it's not just peace in my circle, but peace in everybody, right? Because we're actually walking in love. So God's love in action is for people. It comes with no strings and it adds to heaven right? God's love in action is for people. It comes with no strings and it adds to heaven. It's kingdom perspective. This is why we're serving local hospitals right now. We're serving three local hospitals here because of this. It's genuine hospitality, which says no strings, okay? You're busting your butt for us. Here's a hot breakfast. Here's some coffee. Here's some five-hour energy for the afternoon crew, okay? You guys keep killing it. We appreciate it. Thank you. What do we experience on our end? We're not even allowed in the front door, okay? But we're there doing shift change, so we're seeing people. And the gladness and the gratitude and the thankfulness is overwhelming. And here's why. People have no other choice but to accept it because they know, oh, sweet. Somebody's just bringing breakfast. Now, for the people who don't want to be there that day, we just ratchet them up. For the people who believe, man, this is my joint. This is where I'm supposed to be. Man, it's cloud nine anyways. Yeah, it's how it should be. I mean, let's go. Let's go. Hey, I'll eat mine on the way. I got stuff to do, right? And so then, um, as we look at what it means to walk in it, right? To walk in what keeps us going. Man, the really, the big question is stepping into, uh, back to Ephesians 4, uh, 11, is stepping into the gift that God gave us, Right? That gift that drives us in Ephesians 4.1, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And so if you're a note taker, um, there's a couple of scriptures I have for you here. And so uh, make sure you kind of lean in right now. We're going to get a little bit deeper into the Bible. And so Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling that we received. And so then you must believe that you've been gifted. You must believe that you are called. You must believe that you have that grace gift in you, right? It's the 87% of us that would say, I have no clue what that is. Okay, well, to know it is, I have to believe it's there first. And so then you can find this in 2 Timothy 1.9. Find what? That I'm gifted and I'm called. That's what you can find there. Okay, it says this. It says, he is, he is the one who saved me and called me with a holy calling, not based on my works, but for his purpose and with his grace, which he gave to me before time began. There's a couple of things in there that we really don't like because we tend to get a little bit selfish sometimes. And that is um, not based on my works. What? So I don't have to do anything. I'm accepted by God. That's good. So then when I say you don't have to do anything, that turns a lot of people off. Don't be. Okay. It's all good. It really should bring you peace because now you can stop striving for something that's not even there. Okay. And the second thing is, but for his purpose, 
with his grace. Oh, his purpose. That means it's not my purpose. No, 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 no. His purpose is in you. It is his purpose that's in you. Man, when you walk in that, that's what brings you life. When you, when you pull against it, that's what, that's what and where you find frustration, right? And so then we're going to cross this over and we're going to look in the Old Testament. It's the book of Jeremiah. So this is later in the Old Testament. It's right after the book of Isaiah. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in chapter one and we're just reading verses four through eight, right? Jeremiah one, four through eight. And here's what it says. This is the call of Jeremiah. And I just want you to put your name, your name in the place of Jeremiah. Okay. So this is the call of Dusty right here. It says this, it says the word of the Lord came to me. It says this, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet, a teacher, a pastor to the nations. But I protested. Oh no, Lord. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. Oh no, Lord God. Look, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth, right? I'm immature. Then the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you will go everywhere. I send you and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone for I will be with you to deliver you. This is the Lord's declaration to dusty to fill in the blank. Okay. Maturity is a big word. Remember what we were looking at is, is becoming one at the end of uh, Ephesians there becoming one in, in unity and in our knowledge of God and the fullness of our faith and in our fullness of and being with Jesus, right? Full of Jesus. And so here are a couple of scriptures to reference this. These are personal to me because they've been in my uh, walk or journey at some point. This is part of my journaling time sometimes. This is sometimes it's part of my uh, daily um, self-talk. And so 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Ah, there's a word again, serve one another. What do you mean, serve one another? I don't like that, man. I like when I'm done with work, I'm done with work. Serving is not work. Never has been. It never will be. That's why there's work and there's serving. What's that mean? Love one another. Use your gift to build each other up. It's Ephesians 4, 10 through 12, right? And so that's 1 Peter 4, 10. Again, just more confirmation about the point. When we look at Ephesians 1, 4, it says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Again, we're getting so much concrete here about what God says about you and who God says you are, right? Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are His workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for the good works that God prepared beforehand so that we may do them. Is it keeping up? Is this doing a job? No, this is walking in love, right? So how do we walk in this? How do, so does this is great. How do we walk in this? And this is it. First Timothy four twelve. Don't let anyone think less of you. This is exactly what uh, Jeremiah was told. Don't let anything think. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. And so then you take the word young and you can translate it a couple of ways. Young meaning age. That's how we all look at it. But really, it's maturity and faith because you're a young believer. Okay, not young in age. What's age? Really, age is a number, right? What God wants to do, God's going to do when He wants to do it. And so don't look anybody, let anybody look down on you because of your maturity, with where you're at in your faith. Okay, but be an example. What does that mean? That means do it anyways. That means if you don't feel like it, do it anyways, right? Be an example. So, what are all of these verses telling us? 
from 2 Timothy all the way down right there to 1 Timothy uh, 4.12. What are all these verses telling us? What they're telling you is there is purpose for every human being on the planet. That God gave it to you and that he wants you to walk in it. That's what those verses are saying. What happens when we don't? That's what happens when we don't. Well, most of us, 87% know what it's like when we don't. We're frustrated. We are a little bit lazy. We find ourselves in a lull, not motivated, blah, 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 right? You've heard it all. But let's go to the Bible. What's the Bible say about those who um, are not walking in that? We don't, that don't believe that. They don't believe that God's given them a purpose, that it's a grace gift from him, and that he wants you to walk in it. You find this in Proverbs 29, 18. I got two versions of this. This first one's out of the New Living Translation. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance... <laughs> they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. Whoever obeys the law is joyful. What's the law? Boy, that's good. What's the law? Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 39. What's the law say? It says, love God with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself. It says, if you do these two things, you'll find you're obeying all of the others. Uh, the Ten Commandments is a lot to do, man. Stop focusing on the, on the last eight and really shift your focus to the first two. Live in a real relationship with God where there's exchange and love others as you love yourself. God says, you'll find that everything else will take care of itself. That you'll, you'll find that you're obeying all of the other commands when you obey these two. The Holman says, without revelation, people run wild, but one who listens to instruction will be happy. This is a grace gift given to you that God wants to see you walk in, right? So in short, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Is that how you wake up? Are you the walking dead when you wake up? <sighs> Need some coffee. Got some coffee this morning. If I have coffee, man, I'm grumpy. I see all these coffee jokes, man, where this is the coffee cup. You've all seen it. It's half pulls like, don't talk to me. Uh, give me a second. Almost there. You know, all that stuff. It's just like, no, no, that's not purpose, right? Coffee doesn't bring purpose. Caffeine doesn't bring purpose. And I drink coffee, okay? So I'm not hating on anybody. Do you find that you're going through the motions like uh, office space where it's just going to go in, kind of kick the walls down to the, to the cubicle and just kind of let it go, man? Uh, I don't know. I'm just not going to go anymore. You know what I'm saying? Are you just kind of going in the motions? Has this quarantine rocked your life like it's rocked my life? Has this quarantine rocked your life like it's rocked the rest of the world? If it has, it's okay because you're not alone. If you feel these things, you're not alone. Guys, I feel these things on a regular basis. Okay. But I have enough fortitude, I guess, or enough sense to go, wait a second. No. And the fight now, especially in quarantine, because it's we, we've been doing this for a while, is to go, screw it. Take it off. I'm out. We're going. Screw the mask. Screw the gloves. I'm, I'm going back. And you can't. You can't. Okay? And so, we have this with our kids right now. There's a lot of homeschooling, a lot of distance learning right now. It's just driving... Uh, I mean, nuts. And so then the one thing we feel on the other side is the people who are driven to work, they have to have something to do. They're about to go nuts right now. Right. And so the, uh, the, the excuse I heard growing up was, oh, we got to pay the bills. You need shoes, don't you? You need shoes, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, they do. But man, we're in, we're in a new time. It's never happened before. And so then we've got to learn to find some pace and love the people who are with us. Right. Let's identify what matters uh, or what smothers your purpose. What absolutely kills your purpose? Okay, so you once believed, you once walked in it, you were once just rolling, right? You knew what made you go and you were there, okay? Let's talk about what smothers that. 
It's Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says this. It's a huge scripture. This is one of the scriptures uh, that we still stand on today because we have so many people telling us that we can't and that we won't because, and they have all of the excuses, okay? And that's for the church. Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of the world or our current circumstance. But let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will for you. It's a grace gift that he gave you to walk in because he loves you, right? Because of the relationship that's been restored because of Jesus. We're still walking in that, right? And so then conform. It's kind of a crazy word. How do we conform, Dusty? Our attitude, our actions, our behavior, our comparison. Man, comparing just kills us, man. Our fears, our fakeness. Put that mask up, go in, sure everything is good, okay? Bill's coming out the wazoo, right? But it's all good because we got what you got, right? The uncertainty. Man, I don't even know what tomorrow's going to hold, so I guess we just hold on for dear life. God does not want you holding on for dear life. He's not called anybody to maintain, but to grow, right? To move forward. And so then, what happens in all these, when we start changing our attitude to match what's around us, our actions to match what's around us, our behavior, our complaints, we start comparing to others who have it worse than we do. Man, it sure does make our situation look a lot worse. When we start getting afraid, when we start... Uh, being fake and say, oh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. We're good. It's good. You good? We're good. We start that. That's when you lose it. You start shelving your values. You start shelving your beliefs based on somebody else's opinion. Well, what they say is, what they say is pretty good. So I'll just, let's just do that. Because I'm not, I'm not sure. So we'll just do that. And when you start shelving those values and your beliefs, you're losing. You're losing it. Your purpose is getting smothered because of the conforming that's happening. And you don't even realize it because it happens this much at a time, right? So how do I stick then? Now that I know what smothers it, how do I stick? And this is how we stick. You want to be who God called you to be. And so this is your action step this week. How do I stick, Dusty? I believe. You have to say, I believe, okay? I believe 1 Peter 4.10. It says, I am gifted. What? Yep. First Peter says, you are gifted, okay? God has given each of you a gift from his variety of gifts to use them to serve one another well. You are gifted. Write it down. Stand on it. I did tell myself for two years, okay? I'm gifted. In a better way than being gifted, right? And better than looks because my looks are fading kind of fast, okay? You have to believe Ephesians 4.1. I am chosen. <sighs> chosen, man. That's hard for us to carry. I'm chosen, it says, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Who's us? Are you under that umbrella? Sure are. Okay. So then I am chosen. Go ahead and write that down. Make it a daily confession. Stand on Ephesians 1.4. See what God does in your life. Okay. Believe Ephesians 2.10. I am prepared. I am prepared. For we are his workmanship. What? That's, that's gifted and chosen. You're his workmanship. Okay. Having been created in Christ for good works that he prepared for me to do. Okay, that's Ephesians 2.10. I am prepared. 
And 1 Timothy 4.12, these four are your action step this week. You've got to take these, internalize them, write them down, read them, reread them, get to know them, uh, study, dig, uh, look them up on BibleHub.com. Look at every different version of these verses and see what God says about you. This is what God says about you. 1 Timothy 4.12, I'm an example. Do not let anybody think less of you because of where you are, because of your status or your maturity or your age or the gray hair in your beard or no beard, right? Whatever. Okay, but be an example in all that you say and, and the way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. I don't feel like being an example, Dusty. Too bad. You're going to be an example anyways, right? We all have shortcomings. Okay, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Well, I don't want him or her to know that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God covered it, right? And so do you think that Moses had it all rosy while he was lost in the desert? No, but he led anyways. He led anyways. So then be an example anyways, okay? Lead anyways. It's not about faking it until you make it. It's about walking it anyway. Just walk it anyway. And if and if you don't know it, it's okay. People are going to flock to that because people flock to what is real. They don't flock to what's fake. People can smell fl- fake from a mile away. All right? So then, Romans 3.23 says we've all fell short of the standard. Okay? We don't walk in that. We walk in God's grace. We walk in God's grace. You're going to fall. You're going to drop the ball. You've done it before. You've done it in the past. You're going to do it again. I'm not saying to do it intentionally. I'm not, going to, I'm not saying do it on purpose. I am saying we've all fell short of God's glory. We've all fell short of the standard he set. That's why he gives us grace. Okay? It's not grace if you're doing it intentionally. It's grace when you repent. You say, I'm sorry. Man, help me, Lord. And you know what? You get a little bit better. Okay? If you fall down seven times, you're going to get up eight. Understand you're walking in God's grace. What God gave you is a grace gift. It's free to you, but it cost him his son. It's free to you, but it cost him his son. God's grace in action is for people, and it builds the church. It's kingdom perspective, right? Here's the difference in man's work. Man's work in action is for himself, and it builds his name. So then you have to ask, what kingdom am I building, or whose kingdom am I building? God's grace in action is for people. It builds the church, builds the kingdom, adds to heaven. It is one. It is united. It is, we're going to serve one another with the gifts that God's given us. Or man's work in action is for himself or herself, woman's work in action for herself. It builds her up and it builds her name. Whose kingdom are we here to build, right? Believing is a process, okay? I wanted to share a lot more. I'm done. I wanted to share a lot more, but here's the reality. Believing is a process, and I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that it took me years, years of my life to believe these four things. I'm gifted. I'm chosen. I'm prepared. I'm an example. For you to move forward in your faith, you must believe these. And I don't want you to believe them in your head because if you believe them in your head and if you believe them in your heart, It still doesn't get you off the couch and it doesn't motivate you. When you believe them enough for people to see them in your feet, for you to be an example, that's when lives change. That's when people are affected and uh, changed behind you. That's when the people who are watching you step into a meeting with you in your office or step into the environment you're in and go, 
I can follow that guy. I can follow that girl. I'm with them. All right. I'm smelling what they're stepping in and I'm liking it. Right. That's what you're going to get. So believing is a process. So again, the action step this week is to dig on those four scriptures, those four verses, find the different versions, dig as much as you want, man, but you have to get to the point where you believe that God says these four things about you. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefined Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.